You're listening to What's New with Wired. This episode is brought to you by ShipStation. You know, some things take a lot of work, like sending little robots to far-off distant planets. And just as that's challenging, so too is running a successful e-commerce business, especially when there's so much to do. So I want to introduce you all to ShipStation. Now, I love using ShipStation because of its easy-to-use dashboard, which makes managing orders and printing labels a breeze and super smooth. Oh, and the customer service is just out of this world. It's exactly what you need to help grow your business. Sign up for your free 60-day trial at ShipStation.com slash technews. That's ShipStation.com slash technews. This podcast is supported by Tools and Weapons, the podcast hosted by Microsoft Vice Chair and President Brad Smith. Each episode features insight you won't find anywhere else from the center of the conversation surrounding emerging technologies like AI. Right now on the podcast, you can hear a special episode where Brad Smith lays out Microsoft's vision for a vibrant marketplace driving the new AI economy. To hear more, follow or subscribe to Tools and Weapons with Brad Smith wherever you get your podcasts. You're listening to What's New with Wired. It's Monday, December 6th. Today we're talking about how your rooftop garden could be a solar-powered working farm. Before we get into today's top story, remember to check out our other Wired podcasts. Today in Wired Business, fixing the supply chain crisis will involve rethinking how pretty much everything moves. Checking in on Wired Science, there's a new dementia test, but it's raising more questions than answers. And on Wired Security, the McDonald ice cream machine hacking saga has a new twist. Listen to these stories and more at wired.com slash podcasts. Long the territory of cats, weather vanes, and the occasional fiddler, roofs are growing thick with solar panels. A home or business rooftop is an ideal place to site them because sunlight there is less obstructed by shadows and rooftops are generally unutilized spaces. It's better for the environment to add panels to an existing structure than to clear new land for a solar farm. But even panel-covered rooftops may not be as well utilized as they could be. A new scientific field, known as rooftop agrivoltaics, asks, what if we also grew crops under them? These wouldn't be ordinary green roofs, which are typically small gardens, but rather working farms. The panels would provide shade for the plants, actually boosting their yields, as well as for the building, simultaneously reducing cooling costs and generating clean energy for the structure. Urban populations are projected to more than double by the year 2050. As people continue to migrate to metropolises, rooftop agrivoltaics could both feed people and make city life more bearable. A roof is actually a fairly challenging place for plants to grow. Up there, a plant is exposed to gusty winds and constant bombardment from sunlight since there aren't any trees around to provide shelter. Accordingly, hardy succulents are the preferred plants for green roofs. Yes, plants need light, but not this much. Plants end up going into what we call photorespiration mode, where it's too bright and sunny for them to efficiently photosynthesize, says Colorado State University horticulturalist Jennifer Busselow, who's studying rooftop agrivoltaics. They start trying to take oxygen and break it down, rather than carbon dioxide, so they waste energy. By contrast, think about how a forest works. All the plants, except the tallest trees, are getting some measure of shade. 
For the plants closest to the forest floor, the light is diffuse, bouncing off surfaces around them. The taller trees surrounding them also make them less exposed to wind and temperature swings than they'd be if they were growing out in the open. The idea of agrivoltaics is to replicate this forest environment for crops. In Colorado, scientists have been experimenting with terrestrial agrivoltaic gardens and are finding that the plants tend to grow bigger in the shade. That's likely a physiological response to the need to soak up more light, and it's great for leafy crops like lettuce because it increases their yields. Pepper plants, too, produce three times as much fruit in agrivoltaic systems as in full sun. As a bonus, the shaded plants require about half the water they do otherwise because there's less sunlight to cause evaporation. The same concept would work up on a roof. Solar panels would provide the shade that makes plants happier and less thirsty. Under rooftop panels, Buslow has found it's cooler in the summer and warmer in the winter, and the panels act like windbreaks. The plants wouldn't have to be food crops to benefit the surrounding landscape. Adding native plants to rooftop agrivoltaics, for instance, would provide flowers for local pollinators. Scientists are also playing around with designs for semi-transparent solar panels, which would theoretically work better for species that require less sunlight than out in the open, but not total shade. The plants in turn boost the efficiency of the panels. Plants sweat, in a sense, giving off water vapor as part of the photosynthetic process. This vapor rises into the panels, cooling them. That's ideal because solar panels don't generate as much electricity when they overheat. They produce a current when photons hit atoms and knock out electrons, which are already overexcited at higher temperatures. The cooling effect is actually good for voltage, says Carmine Garofalo, operations manager at Occidental Power, which develops rooftop agrivoltaic systems. The cooler the area, the more efficiently the panel works. That's why scientists are also researching how to slap solar panels above canals, where the flowing water can provide cooling. Bringing down the temperature of not just buildings, but whole cities is critical because urban areas can be up to 20 degrees Fahrenheit hotter than surrounding rural areas. This is known as the urban heat island effect. The built environment absorbs the sun's energy during the day and slowly releases it at night. But the country has enough vegetation to cool things off, just like crops under a solar panel do. Temperatures can even vary wildly across a city. Poorer neighborhoods with more concrete are consistently hotter than richer neighborhoods with more trees. And climate scientists are urging city officials to create more green spaces to mitigate this effect. But the challenge is that you can't just convert any roof to solar agrivoltaics. It has to be flat, for one thing. It might require a significant retrofit to support the extra weight of the soil, plants, and panels. And you'd need to be damn sure it's waterproofed. Trying to sell a building owner or a certain stakeholder on this concept probably isn't going to be the easiest thing, says Thomas Hickey, research associate at Sandbox Solar, which develops agrivoltaic systems. Hickey thinks it would be much easier to incorporate rooftop agrivoltaics into new building projects, and that governments, especially in countries that are rapidly urbanizing, can step in to subsidize them, as governments have subsidized solar panels in general. In the long term, such a system would generate both solar power and crops in perpetuity. You get that energy coming in no matter what, Hickey adds, and then you get food, or herbs, or whatever it might be, provided right there in the middle of the city. Busolo has calculated that in Denver County, Colorado, which has 5,000 acres of suitable roof space, rooftop agrivoltaics might produce 5,000 pounds of food per acre. That's 25 million pounds of food in just one county, if all those roof owners committed to agrivoltaics. 
Growing crops locally like this would have other climate benefits. It would reduce the need to ship produce long distances on carbon-spewing trucks. And that layer of green would save building owners some green by insulating the roof. In general, you can expect a 10% energy savings in a year by adding a green roof, says Busolo. And then your energy budget gets even better if you calculate in solar panels. To be clear, Busolo's research is still in its early days. Scientists are still learning which crops do best under agrivoltaics on the ground, and doing the same for rooftops might require finding hardier species. While the panels will provide some shade, it's still harsh up there. But agrivoltaics could exploit wasted rooftop space all over the world, helping provide clean energy and food for a ballooning urban population. It's not a bad idea for the plants either, says Busolo. If you can just give them a little bit of a break from that intense sun and temperature, those plants actually just thrive. Thanks for listening to Wired. Check back in tomorrow to hear more stories from Wired.com. Want to learn how you can make smarter decisions with your money? Well, I've got the podcast for you. I'm Sean Piles, and I host NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Our show features our team of nerds, personal finance experts in credit cards, banking, investing, and more. And they'll help you make the most of your money while cutting through the clutter and misinformation in today's world of personal finance. You'll get clarity on strategies to help you build your wealth, invest wisely, shop for financial products, and plan for major life events. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast wherever you get your podcasts.